Live from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, this is Behind the Message. Evan, how's it going? It's going good. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this is Ben Fleming, our uh, Young Adults Pastor and That's Generations me. Pastor, and I'm Evan Eorker, your Creative Arts Pastor. And we are here, of course, with Pastor Steve Mickle, talking about the unhurried soul, soul health, finding that uh, sweet spot in life where we are taking the time we need to fuel our souls and not always running on empty. Um, I was thinking, as I was been listening to this message today, Steve, how it's kind of in vogue to be as efficient as, efficient as we can be. You know, the, the market for books just on personal efficiency and get more done. And, and if you can just, you know, hack your whole day to, to pack in the most output. Um, and I'm hearing maybe that that's the opposite <laughs> of what we're talking about here. Well, I, I have to wonder how many, how, what do we sacrifice in order to try to achieve more and get more done and know more and, you know, all of the, and have more. Um, I, 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 I found that um, when I'm striving, living a hurried life, sometimes all the, the, the most important things get sacrificed. Bob Goff, um, when he was here a few years back and was sharing with us, he, he said that there's going to be seven people around your bed when you die. That was like, a de- that was the most depressing thing he said. He's not a depressing guy, but that was like this visual of like, and, and those are the most important relationships those, those, are the, those are the relationships that mean the most. And yet I think sometimes we sacrifice those relationships on the altar of striving and trying to make something of ourselves and a name for ourselves and money. And, and, I, and, I, and I get it. We have bills to pay and you know, obligations to keep. But, but I, I sometimes wonder if the hurried life sacrifices too much. So what happens if I don't? What happens if I don't slow down, Steve? I'm doing my thing. I'm packing my schedule. There's a lot of things that uh, are making other people happy or they're making me money or they're bringing me significance to my life uh, in a way that's palpable to other people, but it's, it's wearing down my soul. What happens if I just keep going? Because that's the thing that I've noticed. A lot of times I leave these messages and I go out and I go, that's great. I can't do that. I, I can't stop because I look at the next calendar day or the, the, the day after that and I think there's no way. There's no room for me to start this. So I'm just going to keep going down the rail that I'm already on. Well, I, ben, I just have to, you'd have to look at the lines of people who have hit the wall and given up. I mean, in our profession, so to speak, you know, a senior leader of a large church um, took his life just a few months ago. Because of that, you know, it just, you just kept on going. People morally fail. And that's, that's just in our, our arena. But I would say that for, for those that are in business or, or just in families, um, eventually you have nothing to offer anyone. You, you don't have anything. There's, no, not, there's, not, there's, not, there's not even a trickle happening, let alone an overflow of the life and love of Jesus. So, so eventually it's all dried up. And you become, at best, a zombie living this life of just, you know, just, you know, ritual and rote and, and, but not really giving any kind of life to others. So I would say that, at the, and that's the best case scenario, yeah. if we don't take care of our souls, is eventually we do run on empty. And if we don't crash and burn, we, I mean, we're like zombies. Yeah, because the scary thing to me is I think we're all a little bit more willing to try this, to run on empty as long as possible than... <laughs> 
Um, you know, we would warn, it's, it's kind of one of those things where we say, well, do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. Because I think we would tell other people this. Yeah, you need to rest, you need to recover, you need to do all these things. And then we would just kind of continue to do that. It's like, um, I spend a lot of time with young couples being a young adults pastor. And the biggest mistake that a young couple can make a lot of times is to think that you're special. And that your love <laughs> is so much greater than all the other loves that have ever been loved. You know what I mean? Because when we think that we are special in a lot of ways, and you know, if you're a young couple, you're very special and very lovely special, and wonderful. Very special. Um, that message plays know. terribly at the weddings you do. <laughs> you're not special. But I do it anyway. Your love means nothing. I just nothing. lean into yeah. it. <laughs> you're just another statistic. And, uh, <laughs> but when we get into that mindset of like, yeah, well, that's fine. And I know that my mom told me that this would be a mistake if I did it, but I'm going to do it because the love that that I have for this girl that we have together is different from everybody else. And the mistakes that other people make don't apply to us. Yeah. I think we're liable to do it in this yeah. situation. I think, yeah. well, that's fine, Steve, but yeah. I'm doing all right. And it's gotten to me where I am today. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it won't, but it won't sustain you. I mean, that it just won't. Um, the connection that Jesus had, for instance, with the Father um, sustained him in the Garden of Gethsemane when all, all of his friends left him and he's there alone and, and he just had this relationship with the father. Imagine if he entered that dark season of giving his life without having that practice of a sustaining relationship with the father that he spent time fostering and nurturing. And, you know, and that's just one example of, of why we need to create space of connection with our spirit to God. And, 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 and we can't, I mean, I often tell people I could not have walked through the valley of the shadow of death that I walked through if I hadn't, in the way that I walked through it, if I hadn't had um, a strong relationship with, with the father and with my wife, because many, many couples, their, their relationship dissolves when they walk through that kind of a trial. Yeah. And, um, and it was because we gave space for it. Yeah. You know, um, we, we didn't want to be another statistic. We didn't want to be just, you know, um, we knew we weren't special that our relationship takes work and time and effort and right, yeah. space. And like, I had to say no to, to other things that I thought God wanted us to do in order to, to spend time with my, my family, my kids. And, I, and that, that's the interesting thing, back to the deathbed thing, you will never regret yeah. time spent with the closest people in your life. The, the father, Son and the Holy Spirit, as well as your family, your children, those closest to you. Just never regret that, but you'll regret a lot of other things that you tried to do, um, and, you, and, and we justify doing it for all of those relationships, but we do it at the expense of those relationships. Yeah, that's good. Uh, question here. What about the person who would say they're fueled by adrenaline and doing, uh, but those around them see them as frenetic and unhealthy? <laughs> I think there is a, I think you have to, I mean, I have a good friend, um, you would know him, who was fueled by, I mean, they played as hard as they worked and um, it, it, it sustained them for 40 years. But then um, adrenaline's not like an unlimited supply. I mean, it's not, you can burn yourself out, literally burn yourself out. And so, you, so the person that is fueled by adrenaline type activities, you just have to know that, that there's, there's a shelf life to that. And what are you going to do after, you know, um, when you're in your 50s and, you know, yeah. Anyway, it's just you got you to ask those questions. Like, I got to be honest with myself that maybe that, that fuels me now, but what can I do that 
now that will help develop other um, habits right. that, that fuel me later in life. Uh, and this goes along with it. Um, someone sent in kind of a metaphor for this. For anyone who has run a motor out of oil, it's so true that not taking time to do the maintenance because you're racing down the road leads to catastrophic failure. And I think of that, you know, you can redline for a long time. Yeah. And, man, you're going fast until you're not going at all. And it yeah. seems like that's what you're saying is there's this sense of I go, I go, I go, I go. And then I don't slow down. I just, I burn out. I burn up. I'm done. Yeah, and, I, and we're talking about the rhythms uh, in Matthew chapter 11 of unforced grace. In the message translation, Jesus talks about rhythms of unforced grace. It's like having a rhythm for your life. And, and maybe it just needs to start with an, uh, 15 minutes or an hour a day at, where you create this uh, space for some kind of refueling activity and, or contemplation or prayer or worship or whatever that refueling might be. But I would encourage everyone to move toward a day a week. Not out of religious duty because even though that Jesus, God said one of the 10 commandments was to take a Sabbath and then Jesus re- reiterates that, that the Sabbath was made for us um, and, that, and that it's for us. Um, and I... And, it's, it's for me one day a week. And I know that might for some people sound yeah. like that's impossible, Steve. But if you can move in that direction, if you can get that day where all you do is things that refuel you. I mean, that sounds like impossible, I think, to a lot of people. But I can tell you, I'm a very busy person, but that day is sacred. It's sacred. <laughs> there's, there's like two people that can interrupt that sacred space, God and Suzanne. Or Suzanne and God. Let's put it in the right order. But no, I'm just kidding. But it's like it's 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 sacred and um, and email. I don't respond to emails. If I read emails, somebody slap my hand. You know that kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And I think what you're talking about, and you, you use the word rhythm a bunch, and that is something to key in on. My wife is teaching me this this last weekend in an indirect kind of way. She uh, she was a college athlete, a really good soccer player, and she participated in a CrossFit competition this last week. So the first, like, competitive, like, go, yeah, she's a total beast. Oh. I don't know where she's at, but you should all look at her. She would love that. <laughs> and, um, um, anyway, but it, it was like a day, it was a day off in our family, a traditional yeah. day off, and she did four workouts, and she got to the end of this thing, and everybody else was just melting and talking about this, and she's looking at me like, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. And I could see that, that that was, this is something that refuels her. This is part yeah. of that rhythm. It needs to be part of that rhythm. Yeah. And it was restful in this weird way, in a way that would never be restful for me. It looked yeah. insane. I'd be done for a month, you know? Yeah. And so a couple of things. Number one, if you're saying, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to slow down and sleep all day or just watch <laughs> movies or, you know, with, like, that's me. I would love to do those things. Um, those do refuel me. Uh, you don't have to be that person, so don't feel the pressure to be that person, but make sure you are doing yeah. things that would refuel you because the scripture even says, Lindsay said it in worship, you will run yeah. and not grow weary and yeah. you will walk and not grow faint. It doesn't say, let's just never ever run again. Right. It, right. it means that this, it does need to be part of our lives, but there is a rhythm to it. And also we have to stop feeling bad yeah. about refueling our soul. Yeah. There's something that's happened in me where I realize, oh my gosh, I'm not refueling, not because I don't always have time. Sometimes that is the case, but a lot of times I'm not refueling because I feel bad about taking that time to refuel myself or whatever. It's, it's easy to come back to somebody and say, I know I was busy all day, but gosh, I am wiped. That yeah. was a really hard day. And it's harder to say, yeah, I was busy all day. And 
It was great yeah. and easy, <laughs> and it actually refreshed and refueled my soul, but yeah. we have to do this. I, uh, when, I turned, when I hit 40, I had to start changing my workout routine because I used, I used to run marathons, and I, was, I, I, I could run miles and miles, no problem, <laughs> and then 40 came around, and I couldn't do that anymore. And I found this guy named Jeff Galloway who, talks, who does a run-walk thing, and uh, it was revolutionary for me. So I run four minutes, and I walk one minute, and I still, I, that walking one minute, I still have this feeling like I, I hope nobody sees me when I'm I want to tell them I was just running. Right, right. I was just running. For four minutes. For four minutes, fast. <laughs> exactly. And, um, really and, hard. And then I had to walk for a minute. And, and it, but, it's, but it's a rhythm that has en- enabled me to run faster, longer. Um, but it's, it's, it's a rhythm. And I just, it, for me, it's, I think it's a life principle to run four minutes, walk a minute. You know, 30 seconds whatever, just take a breath in the midst of the craziness. My wife uh, ran a 10K, uh, this is a couple years back, but the tag, the bib they gave her that tracks her time, um, they put it in the 5K category. So when she got her time back on the readerboard and on the stats, she was the slowest 5K runner by far. By far, yeah, by far, yeah. Uh, She she was pretty hurt by that. So I just want to set the record clear publicly. My wife is a very average speed runner. She's not the slowest. <laughs> so your wife's running 10Ks and mine's doing CrossFit competitions. What are we doing? Uh, like, what's the Drinking anyway. coffee and... Wearing denim. I don't know. And uh, that's what we do. Watching Netflix. Watching Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. Well, I'll watch Netflix with you. Uh, so, Steve, a lot of questions are coming in, and I, I see a thread here. People are saying, this is all good and well, but then we come here and you tell us, get involved. Join a group serve, come to church, keep coming back to church. And people are asking like, hey, wait a second, isn't this more stuff? <laughs> no. So pastor, Steve, well, what about church stuff? Well, let me just, so let me just, let me just, let's just throw a little religious shame out there. This should refuel you. No, I'm All kidding. Right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, you can do the rest of this by yourself. I now. just, I, yeah, I'm out of here. Listen, I, for me, this is, this is a true story. For me, um, getting involved in groups didn't refuel me, um, but serving does. And so I, 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 I've had to like choose through my life. You don't have to do everything, you know, and, but what are those things that you do engage in that bring life to your soul? Um, and, and also to recognize that we don't live in a bubble and all of this isn't just for me, but for a community so that, that we can give life to others as well. And in the context of a, of a church community, that's really powerful where we find what we find, what fuels us, whether it might be in the context of, of small groups where you just love being around other people and connecting and talking, or maybe it's in the context of serving. Um, maybe it's in the context of being with kids. I mean, that, that actually refuels me. I love spending time um, with children and, and that, that does something. Not, I mean, and I want to give them back, but I don't like what, I mean, I like spending an hour with kids and just, you know, once a week I could handle that, but it would refuel me. And I, right. so I just think you have to find that. It's not like um, add more and more and more and more. That is not our thing here. Um, but we do recognize that um, there's value in coming. I mean, in worship, I invited, I invited the church this morning to keep coming back to just to the worship part of our service to be refueled. I mean, to have Lindsay leading us, I mean, it was, I don't, I hope, I hope those are moments of refueling for you uh, in the presence of God. Um, it, it, 
I, I think it can be, it should be maybe even. So I, I, I don't think everything in church should be a burden weighing us down. You know, um, there are things that should be refueling us. So there's, I've been waiting for this specific scenario to come up. Somebody texted and said, uh, to sum up, I'm an entrepreneur and actually 24 hours to me, the biggest issue that I have is that 24 hours isn't enough. I, I have more to do, but th- this business is separating me from family and, yeah. and all this stuff. And the thing that comes up for me, and some, I believe that there are seasons of real considerable, would, would you agree that there are real big seasons sometimes where we just got to grind? Maybe it's as a parent yeah. or an entrepreneur or as yeah. a pastor or a leader. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I have, to, have found that I need to consider in my life is, okay, I got to be honest with myself. Is this a season? Is this really a week that we're talking about or even a year maybe that right, right. I really got to put in this work? Or is this actually something that's developing into a long-term thing? Because if you can be honest with yourself and you're yeah. saying, man, this is actually something that is just going to eat at me for the rest of my life, I think you got to be willing to make sacrifices. Another conversation I have with young adults all the time is, um, hey, I'm, I'm addicted to pornography. I have been for five, six years. I feel the shame. It's really, you know, guiding my life in this direction I don't want to go. Can you help me? And I say, look, before we have any conversation, are you willing to get rid of your smartphone, get rid of your laptop? Are you ready, ready to get willing, willing to get rid of any technology that exists with you privately where you can view it all on your own? And the, the answer back is always, well, I mean, <laughs> like I need my maps app. Like how am I going to navigate? If I don't have a smartphone or my business or my whatever. And I say, okay, that's fine. You're right. I use my navigation map, you know, thing too. And I I use my email and stuff too. But we're talking about your soul here. Yeah. And so I think you could even be willing to get out the paper map again, if that's what it takes to actually restore something, if this is that important to you. And so there are scenarios, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, where we got to make these big decisions that a lot of people would say, no, this is a good, look, you're successful, all these things. Look yeah. at this smartphone. It's so powerful and incredible, but if it's taking a piece of your soul with Yeah, you. and I would say that if they're, back to the, the entrepreneur question too, if, there's, if, you're in a, if you're in a business or maybe even just your personality is someone that just is go, 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 um, recognize that and then create spaces uh, in the go, go, go where you can stop, 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 you know, and just take a minute. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, it just needs to be a minute. It just needs to be some time, some space in the going that you're able to uh, do the stopping. Do people have permission to say no uh, to To most? their spouse or to <laughs> who are we talking about? I mean, I want to be careful here. <laughs> I haven't know. already uh, gotten in trouble today. One of the quotes out of the book is when Dallas Willard, who was the mentor of John Ortberg, uh, told him that you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I was thinking about that phrasing. He didn't say, you must ruthlessly unhurry your life or slow down. He said, you got to eliminate, you have to take out the things that are causing you not to have this unhurried soul. And so what is the role of saying no? Can I, can I say no um, to people that want to do something socially with me? If I feel like it's rude even to turn them down. Yeah, there's a great book uh, Jen Hatmaker writes um, called For the Love. And she's a blogger, author, mother of five children, uh, had a 
home improvement show on HGTV, very, very busy woman. And she's often asked the question, how do you balance all of these things? And for her, as in her writings, that's what she comes down to is that she has to ruthlessly eliminate um, and not even allow some things in her life so that she can give the energy to the things that she should be having in her life. And so you have to give yourself permission to say no and, and, and to be okay with that. I mean, that you know, I, I get a lot of requests uh, to meet um, in the role that I serve and the reality is I just can't, I, I, not, not only because I don't have the bandwidth, but just I don't, there's not enough time in the, in the calendar. And so you have, to, you have to be willing to say, to even disappoint people um, and their expectations on your life um, in order to, to, to live in this, this way that we're talking about. This is a really good uh, quote. As a retired cop and warfighter, I was counseled long ago by a very wise elder to be careful of the urge to run to the fight. It is possible to arrive at the fight incapable of engaging. Hmm. That's a great, that's great, a great quote. Great that's quote. good. We got an extra microphone for you, whoever takes it in. Um, so here's kind of the other side. Somebody's saying, I don't want to make an argument for busyness, but isn't it possible the unhurried soul is possible in the midst of chaos? That unhurried refers to a more profound level of soul health as opposed to the absence of daily busyness. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that that is one of the keys is um, busy and hurry are two different things. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I, did, yeah. I feel like that we can be busy, but if, but if we're constantly in a hurry, yeah. our soul just gets depleted. But that, that Wednesday I had, I was so busy. I mean, it was just like one thing to the next thing. And yeah. yet I, I walked out, out of that day feeling refreshed. Yeah. Um, so it didn't have anything to do with my schedule but it had everything to do with what's in my schedule. And do the, do the things in that schedule um, replenish me? Are the things that I should be doing in terms of God's purpose on my life and direction? Um, and I think we just have to, you know, I, I do annually. I just, I look at my life and I think about like, am I doing what I should be doing? Or should I be doing something else? And I'm not even talking about macro, like leading a church. I'm, I'm even talking about Monday through Sunday. What is my calendar look like and are there places that are depleting me that maybe I can um, and I have other people around me that help me (laughs) decide those things too I even just love the conversations that come in and over the text line because this is kind of what we do with scripture all the time you somebody reads something and goes up see I'm not going to worry about anything ever right I'm just going to sit down and relax and that's you know that's not my job that's not my problem that's not my fault I'm just going to sit here and then there's the other person that's like well you know a sabbath is kind of metaphorical you know like we just get (laughs) in and you know it's this this sabbath of the mind and and instead there's probably something more in between I think God wants us to work hard and work well because that's how the kingdom is going to be won in a lot of ways. There's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of money and a lot of time invested into this whole thing. And at the same time, to be able to do it with the understanding that God is God and I am not yeah. is kind of that in-between yeah. space. Yeah, so like I've been around um, people that are, um, are, are disabled and unable to like get out of the house and do things and and... And so just sitting in a, in a chair because it's difficult to get out and do things is not soul replenishing. Right, yeah. Sitting in a chair watching television does not 
I'm not speaking to you. I look like I'm really no, to you. Yeah, I'm no, not, this is good. But it's, it's not soul replenishing. We, God created us to be active and yeah. to use the gifts that he's given us to help other people and to and engage in our world. So, um, so like, like just sitting around doesn't, it, I mean, it saps us, right? And so it's even with the people that have been in our lives, trying to help them get out and enjoy the sunlight and, you know, whatever we can do to, for movement to happen. Um, it's just, we just have to, yeah, anyway. Because there's people in this world that drain us, right? And, it, and I don't think necessarily that the scripture would say, because there were people that drained Jesus, you know. Um, but, and I don't think that Jesus would say, look, just avoid them at all costs. Anybody in your life, no. don't reach out no. to them, don't yeah. influence them. He, I don't think he would say that, but I think there is a tipping point where we do need to withdraw a little bit. Yeah, and he limited interaction with, those people that drained him, the Pharisees, religious people, he, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't go seeking after them. He right. would respond to them when they challenged him. But, it wasn't, but he set limitations. Um, he didn't heal everybody. He could have. He had the power to do that. But he chose not to. And I think one of the reasons was that, um, that he had to replenish. He had to restore his soul. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think we can sustain that. Even the Son of God in human form has had to rest.